Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. Tom and I are here with Dr. Corey Bryant. We're going to get into introducing Corey here in a few minutes, but Corey just recently came back to Stoneville as an agronomist, and we'll, we'll let him tell y'all more about himself when we get down to the details. Oh, you're going to point to me and now you're going to expect me to say something wise. We could talk about the weather. It's the typical roller coaster. Cool one day, hot the next, fixing to be 90 again. So is that Indian summer we're having or is that just summer? I don't think you've had a pause enough. This is just a continuation of summer. Indian summer, I think, occurs after fall. Yeah, but it got in the 50s a couple mornings a couple weeks ago. But I was going to say it got in the 50s like four weeks ago. It was gorgeous. For those of us that grew up in the northern slash midwestern United States, that's what fall was. The leaves change. It gets to about 50 during the day. But that's okay. I'm not... I'm not longing to move back to that. <laughs> I asked Amanda that same question yesterday, and she didn't have an answer either, whether it was Indian summer or just still summer. I think that's usually something that occurs after the first of the year, January, February, but maybe I'm just making that up. We used to always call it that when I was in Indiana, and you'd get a couple of days in January where it would be in the 70s. Well, maybe we don't have it enough to even have a definition for it down here. Probably not, or they've... Well, you just kind of have just summer and winter. Yes, I would agree with that. There's not much of a spring and fall is kind of just a little hiccup. It's a continuation of summer in this part of the country. Sometimes we just have summer and early summer. That's exactly right. Sometimes <laughs> it just cools off a little bit. Makes you think <laughs> it's, that it's going into a different it's a season. Less hot. We've completely cut Corey out of the conversation. So Corey, Halloween coming up. What are you going to dress up for for Halloween? I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet. Come on now. You got a daughter. You got to think about these things. Corey's got a daughter that's... Ten months old? Ten, ten months old now. And I'm going to be able to remember that because she's six days older than our little boy. So what are you going to dress up for? She, You got to deliver, dude. I don't know. I, I'm still thinking about it. I know I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm part of uh, some friends, their Halloween scary trails deal. I'm, I'm being a Sasquatch for that one, which <laughs> probably isn't real fitting for me if you know me because uh, I'm like 140 pounds. And, <laughs> Well, you're Sasquatch on a diet. That's all right, man. He can work that. Yeah, glo- global warming, you know, <clears throat> had to shed a few pounds. Sasquatch in the Mississippi Delta, he'd probably be a pretty lean fella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know about my official official costume yet, though. So what's Evelyn going to be? Y'all get made it that far? I think her mom bought her a, an elephant costume the, the other day, but her mom's a huge Alabama fan, so... I, I oh, think that's well, why the elephant got picked. I didn't even think about that. Well, Emery, our daughter, her first Halloween, she was an elephant. Pulled around in a little red wagon. That was our jumping off point for Halloween. I don't remember what our kids dressed as. Something seems like maybe a ladybug one year, one of those years. I was good 13, 14 years ago. Little, that's been a while. Little man's going to be Elvis, supposedly, this year. I saw him this morning at, at the coffee shop. <laughs> Your wife got in line behind me and... He's uh, he's got the hair to he's got the hair to be Elvis. <laughs> see pictures, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes he looks like a sheepdog. Sometimes he looks like Elvis. That sucker is a tank, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a one man destroyer. Train them young to not be concerned about what their hair looks like. That's what that's what Ward's going through right now. He's just got a big old mop. He doesn't do anything with it. It's great. Of course, he's got curly hair, so he's gonna go bald too. Probably so. Yeah, we're setting him up to fail. 
All right, Corey, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? That's usually the best way to introduce yourself to the listeners. Where, where'd you come from before you were here as a graduate student, and then uh, where'd you go after you left? So I grew up uh, across the river in Arkansas and in Monticello. Did my bachelor's at uh, University of Arkansas at Monticello in plant and soil science. Went to uh, Texas Tech, did my master's in soil science. And then from Texas Tech, moved to Stoneville the first time to do my Ph.D. And worked in uh, agronomy and, and irrigation management during that that time. Graduated in December of 2019. Then moved to Tifton, Georgia for a little over a year and a half. Started there January of 2020 as the extension grains agronomist. Uh, most people there just called me the corn specialist, the primary crop I covered, but the easiest way for me to describe to people there what crops I covered, if it wasn't cotton, peanuts, or hemp, they were probably going to call me. And then got the opportunity to to come back to Stoneville with Mississippi State in an agronomist soil fertility role. Predominantly right now, the the plan of the program is to to do soil fertility work and, and then to take that and enroll fertility into some systems, uh, cropping systems type work, see if there's some, some agronomic things we can do, maybe maybe some minor shifts in our production system that'll help us cut some inputs. Maybe we won't have to fertilize quite as heavily, Some something like that. Long-term plan for the program right now. Corey, you were a non-traditional student when you were going through graduate school, so why don't you tell folks what your other obligations mm-hmm. are? My side hobby is uh, I'm in the the National Guard. I'm a sheet metal mechanic on helicopters. I like to tell people I joined the the military to do body work. (laughs) Uh, And I joined joined the Guard in 2008, took a year out of my bachelor's to go through all the initial training, Uh, went out to to Texas to start my master's, then went, spent a it was a year deployment, spent nine months in Kuwait, nothing going on over there, bored a lot, scheduled maintenance, that sort of stuff. Spent a lot of time at the coffee shop. You drink iced coffee when it's 95 degrees, it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> uh, you, you don't get hot coffee. When, when I got to Stoneville, still in, I had my second deployment in 2017 when uh supposed to be back to Kuwait, but as soon as we got there, there was... Uh, a small team going into going into Iraq to work on Apache helicopters, and I, I politicked very hard to get on to get on that team, and uh, ended up spending that year in Taji, Iraq, working on Apaches and and fixing them, and then came back and finished up. Still in, just signed my third six year contract last year, so five more left on it will put me at eighteen. I've got seven years to go. Because uh, at this point, you, you go to 20 and get the retirement, you, you don't get out now. Graduate school is no small endeavor. And then to take two breaks out of it for several months and then spin back up, that, that was a lot to ask. And, and so I think you did well with it. Well, thank you. And it, it was actually kind of kind of nice, I think, that, that little break in there, especially because you, know, you you're getting into it and you, you're kind of getting burned out almost or something 
on graduate school and you're like, I've been working on the same thing for how many years now? And it's just over and over. And and, and then you get that year off and you're out in the desert and you, you come back and you're like, all right, it's, we're going to get this done. It's, it's time to get out of here. So tell us one good story from Iraq that, that you can <laughs> tell us. <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't much went on when I was there uh, that time. I mean, it was with the ISIS fight and all, and uh, Missoula, but, but we were down, we right. were away from there. I never leave base. There's one day, they uh, they said it was one day we we did get mortared. Our shop sets, I was at work, we were out, out on the flight line. I never heard the siren go off. <laughs> I was in my shop set, and this is an aluminum can you're in pretty much. Uh, and I'm running a pneumatic die grinder doing composite fiberglass repairs on panels and stuff and got all that sanded all my repairs laid up and just waiting on resin to dry and cure and go out to get some fresh air go out to back to the smoking area where our shop sets are set up sit down on the t-wall and sirens aren't going off nothing's happening this guy in the tool crib that's right there he sticks his head out the door and looks around he's like hey man hey man we're we get more. We're supposed to be undercover. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't even care at this point." <laughs> it was it's about six months in. You're like, you, you know what? I'm I'm just, I'm not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there wasn't a lot going on. I didn't get to nothing got shot up. I didn't get to fix any bullet holes. I, I think they said that day we got mortared. Everything actually went over the base and just landed out in the desert or something was pretty cool one day when I flew up to northern Iraq, to the mountains. <clears throat> it was right there at the end and got a sandstorm, missed our flight out of Iraq and got sent back to the bottom of the, the list. And so we're killing time, don't have anything to do. Uh, some pilots on a Chinook went flying with them and went to a base and was in Iraq and there were snow-capped mountains in the background. Wow. You could see them. Up in uh, up in Erbil, and on the flight there, going over, flew actually actually flew over farm country, and uh, saw center pivots set up in in the middle of the desert. And this is this is a region like talcum powder type sand desert, and she so had to fly over and see center pivots. That that was pretty cool. They grow mostly grain in that country, wheat and corn. Mostly wheat, from what I know, they'll get. I, I believe along the Euphrates and the Tigris River, they'll get some corn and that kind of grain. I, I think they do some fruit too. I heard someone tell me if you went out in the city, you could, you could get like fresh pomegranate <laughs> and stuff that was grown there. But I, I never went into the city. I, I don't like fruit that much. <laughs> it's a cradle of civilization, right? Well, that would be the Fertile Crescent, right? That's, that's correct. Hard to imagine now because I mean, all we ever see is. News footage of desert. You don't ever mm. associate that with actual mm. production agriculture. Right. And, then, and the base I was on wasn't too far off. I think it was the Tigris there in Taji, uh, just north of Baghdad. And I mean, we, we had palm trees and, and grass on base in, in certain areas. Uh, so there's a, there actually is in the country, in certain parts, quite a bit of green in production ag and stuff like that. All right, Jason, why don't you introduce to the listeners? the position that we hired Corey to fill. 
last year. I was trying to think. I hesitated for a second. I was just trying to think how I wanted to. Well, set I, that I should up. say some of those kind of run together. You've been chairman of several search committees at, at at the same point in time, so keeping them all straight probably is not easy. Yeah, we've kind of had a a hiring short, bonanza. Well, <laughs> a a shortage of plant soil science people at Stoneville recently. So last year when Bobby Golden left and, and took a job with Simplot and then Dr. Evilhair retired, both of those jobs, you know, those programs were doing more than one thing and they kind of had the fertility stuff split up and Bobby had his focus and Wayne had his focus. Then they were doing a lot of other stuff too. Wayne did a whole lot of stuff with like what you described Corey kind of systems stuff and then of course bobby had rice specialist duties in in various different things too the decision were, were made upstream from us that we would fill both of those positions and make one rice specialist plus agronomic stuff and then the other job be soil fertility plus agronomic stuff and so Corey was the successful candidate for the soil fertility what we called in during the search because they were going on at the same time what we called the soil fertility job and that's how he came to be here so you've been back now i guess this is your second week that we're we're recording this right you started the first october right right yes started october one but of course we've known Corey for a long time knew Corey's dad might mention your dad because I think a lot of folks know him. Okay, yeah, uh, my dad was was with the University of Arkansas there at Monticello as a it started as an extension ag economist, production economist. Uh, had a little bit of a teaching appointment and then moved up to uh, dean of ag at UAM and director of of Arkansas Southeast Research and Extension Center and. And, and so I, I grew up around ag research and, you know, in, in high school, I worked research farms. Uh, that, that was my, my jobs then. Just kind of been around it my whole life. Well, it's a good thing to get comfortable for. And those are certainly then good folks to put back into mm-hmm. the uh, extension and research center type duties that we have here in Stoneville. I, I think that's important to continue to cultivate that, that type of program moving forward. Now that you're here and we're certainly happy that you are here, but what's your big stuff that you'd like to do coming right out of the gate in 2022? So right out of the gate, coming in, stuff stuff I'm, I'm putting in for, uh, hopefully get funded, and, and be able to work on in 2022. Carrying over some things I learned in my, in my short time in Georgia, uh, especially on the corn side, uh, it's like a project I, I want to put in is, you know, Georgia's sandier soils, sulfur, was was a big issue for them and they had they had a base recommendation based on yield goal how how many pounds of sulfur to apply i think that has a fit in mississippi especially on some of our our sandier soils uh now that they're still not as sandy as those beach sands in in georgia in south georgia uh but people i've talked to were we're seeing a lot of a lot of sulfur deficiency in in all crops in, in georgia now and uh, so starting right out of the gate, we're we're going to try to tackle that in uh, in corn and soybean uh, to start with. So with, with my appointment, the way it was was written, 
primarily the crops that they want me to cover, cotton, corn, and, and soybean. I'll, do, I'll probably do a little rice work uh, here and there depending on who the rice specialist ends up being. So, so I'll kind of feel, feel that out a little bit. But right out of the gate, sulfur in corn and soybeans is a big one. Uh, have a, a cotton fertility by PGR trial that is uh, going to be a collaboration with some of my colleagues back in Georgia looking at looking at, at four different yield goals, fertilizing cotton for four different yield goals, and then a few different PGR programs, uh, an aggressive PGR, kind of a moderate, I, I think it was low. Trying to see, you know, defoliation year in and year out is, from my knowledge of cotton, and I'm by no means a cotton specialist, it, it changes every year with environment and even variety and in all of this so so we're just trying to look as, as we're pushing for higher and higher yields and as we're trying to do that with fertility do we need to change our pgr programs and brian paralisi's going to be a part of that one as well helping to look into that and try to get some regional work data on that sort of stuff i think you mentioned brian i think tom we got some really solid New folks with Corey, and of course Brian's been with Brian in his second crop, and yeah, that's right. McCoy's up there at Verona, and I guess he's in his second crop. That's correct. And those boys can they they know their way around fertility. In my opinion, they're pretty solid all the way around. Well, and they're all pretty much at the same point in their career, and I think it's fantastic that they all can do a good job communicating and working together and piggybacking projects off of one another because you just mentioned you, you got three locations right there and and really if you tied in brooksville you got four you could do something on the north farm brooksville verona and stoneville and you yeah. could get four really good environments there in one season so Corey, did you and brian and justin did y'all graduate the same time i, b- I believe so I, I know we overlapped as students i think you probably did graduate i, I think we time. all three graduated in, in december of 19 Brian might have been a, a little bit behind yeah, Justin, but, but and he I, would, he but, might he might not have graduated that semester, but he was done. Right, I think like was, like first part of January. Right, so, yeah, I think he defended first part of January. I, I don't remember when he started in that cotton specialist role. Uh, I know it was sometime in in twenty twenty. I don't I don't remember exactly what month, but I know McCoy started in Verona January of twenty. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. Y'all have a y'all have a r- opportunity to really do some neat stuff. You know, we talked to my buddy Daniel Stevenson last week, who's at LSU. We went to school together in Fayetteville, and have been fortunate that we landed in adjacent states. But I bounce stuff off of him, and we do stuff together all the time, and and we always have. So that's going to be a, a real good opportunity for y'all. And then, then on top of that, y'all are all in the same state, so you're dealing with, you know, very or all the same problem or similar problem with Justin being in Verona and you being in the Delta. Well, and I think it's important to get tied in with that cotton specialist crew right now too. That's because they all do do a good job working together across state lines and throughout the cotton region, which I think is pretty beneficial, not only for our cotton farmers, but it's good for young scientists to work together. 
how do folks get in touch with you, Corey? I, I think that'll that'll be definitely a common question. Anybody wants to call you, and I know you, you may not want to throw out your cell phone number. We won't won't give you that right now. But how do folks get in touch with you, and where are you going to be located in Stoneville? So if farmers want to come by and see you or try and get in touch with you, where where are you at? Here in Stoneville, I'm in the Hurt Building, which is the which new is, building, which is the the new building, the, uh, the ten year old new building. <laughs> right. It's 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 the only building <laughs> I've known. Uh, I got here after the three-story got torn down. But, yeah, I'm Office 116 uh, in the Hurt Building right next. <laughs> That's impressive. He's been here two weeks, and he knows what offices I've is. been here 14 years, uh, and I still don't know what my office number is. And I'm in the Smith Building, but I, I have, have no idea. clue. <laughs> I, can, I, I, rem- I remember odd stuff. Like, I, when we went to visit Tifton the first time to look for houses, so one visit and come back to Stoneville, and I can tell you the geographical layout of, of North Tifton looking for a house at a map, but my wife's birthday, don't don't ask me that. Yeah, I screw those <laughs> dates up too. It's, it's An- anniversary, don't, don't have that office number after two weeks. <laughs> Got that, but... <laughs> uh, but yeah, office 116, Hurt Building, right next to, right next to Jason. Yeah. Well, perfect. That That's definitely good information for the listeners, and I think, you know, Welcome back. It's great to see a friendly face around. And I know we're all running around trying to harvest plots. So if we just wave and say, hey, it's not, we're not trying to be rude. It's just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand. I'm trying to, I'm trying to run around and figure out who I'm paying and where's my money and what do I have. So. Well, for the listeners, if you, whenever you do want Corey's cell phone number, text, text one of us, you know, or Jeff or Don or whoever here at Stoneville, we'll, we'll have his number and we can get that to you when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. I think my email address is online. So it's just, you can search Corey Bryan. But I think I'm still under staff on the MSU directory from my time before. It's Corey with an EY. Perfect. Well, good to have you back. And we'd like to thank our regular listeners. And, you know, as always, and I think we probably don't say this enough, but if you need one-on-one specific, real, you know, hard and fast information, track one of us down. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to get a hold of us, you know, send us a direct message on Twitter, text us, call us on the phone, call the switchboard in Stoneville. If you need to get in touch with us, it's pretty easy to track most of us down. Corey, proud you're here, man. Look forward to working with you. Thank you. It's excited to be back and working with everyone here. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension. 